Good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you guys for being part of today. Um, my name's Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. So um, it's the sun's out. The worship has been good. So it's just a, it's a good morning. NFL's back and play. Everything is awesome. You know, everything's going, going good. Hey, um, a lot of things happen in this church family, and it's, uh, it's really good. God kind of helped us get this building a few years ago, and uh, we moved in, and it, it got too small for us, or we got too big for it. And so um, right now we're in process of really working to see if we can expand this place. And so we actually have um, um, a campaign going to raise some funds to do that. And, and there's lots of reasons, obviously, this room is, is not quite big enough, but the kids' rooms particularly um, are feeling the constraints, and so um, we would love to be able to pack it in with more kids and have more available space for that. And, and just to kind of keep this in mind and fresh for us, um, we made a little video just to have some of the workers and one of the parents share with you a little bit about what the new wave uh, is all about. So if you'd take a look, please. My name is Lynn. I work here in the pre-K room on a Sunday morning, usually at 9.50. My name is Andrea Higdon, and I have five kids, and I have two that are in the pre-K program here on Sundays. I'd love to see uh, more space in this room to collect our resources together, to spread out a little further, to be able to wash our hands when we've done a messy project. And I'd love for the check-in area out there to be calmer and more organized and have more space so it reflects the good stuff that goes on in here, which is organized and calm and does some great stuff. So a bigger environment will completely change this, this classroom and make it possible to do all these activities in a more organized fashion. What I'm really looking forward to seeing in this room is its own dedicated bathroom. That will mean our lessons can flow much more freely and we won't have to keep hopping to and fro and disrupt what's going on here. The kids are our future. They are the future of our church. So this new wave project is so important because we're investing in the future community of our church. Parents tell me um, that they are actually coming to church because their children enjoy these programs and insist they come on a Sunday morning. So we need the new wave because we don't have enough space and I want as many people as want to come. I want us to have enough room to accommodate everybody and that's the way we get families in our church and our community is impacted in such a positive way. The expansion brought about by new wave will allow for all of this. I just want to thank everybody that has been contributing and that um, to the New Wave project. And I just ask you to keep contributing to this project. This is the future of our church. And I'd just like to really thank you for your contribution and your continued efforts here because of what you're doing, this expansion can happen and those children will bring their parents to church and everyone will learn more about the love of God. Thank you. One thing I always want to be aware of and be wary of is us just simply buying stuff to buy stuff, you know, more luxurious things. I don't, I don't want us to be that kind of a place. I just, I just don't. Um, I'm, I'm, I want us to be fairly um, utilitarian, meaning that if we're going to be doing a building project, there's a reason for it, not just, wow, look how big we can get, but it's 
for a good reason, and it's for a, a good purpose. And this is a good reason and a good purpose. And so if you'd like more information, there's a signboard kind of right across from where you get coffee that will give you more information about that um, program and what it's all about. If you'd like to invest in that, we're encouraging you all to do that. Um, please uh, just make yourself informed and pray about it and see what God might have you um, open yourself up to. And uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a really, really good thing. Hey, we are um, beginning a whole new series this morning called Hiding from Love, and it's based on John Townsend's book um, called the same name, Hiding from Love, and, and I encourage you to get the book. Um, it's got a lot more information that, than we'll be able to cover in the next few weeks. But the series we're going to be talking about, Hiding from Love, is about hiding from what? Love. Hiding from love, okay? Uh, and And... What it does in us when we hide from love and what it does to us and what it actually does to other people in our lives when we are actually hiding from the love that we have. And that's what we're going to spend the next few weeks about. So if you take a second, we're just going to pray and commit these moments to God right now. So, Lord, we do ask that you would take um, the things that your word says to us and your Holy Spirit would apply them directly into our lives so that we might be the people you've called us and want us to be in relationships. And Father, help me just right now with my words too. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, any of you play that game hide-and-seek? Remember when you were a kid, play hide-and-seek? Any of you do that? Any of you? Any of you never play hide-and-seek? Yeah, we all do that. We all do. You know, I still remember the smell of the tree we used to go up against, you know, and, and hide. It's, it's you know, you, you, you count... Somebody's it, and, and that person has to close their eyes and count to a hundred, you know. And why it was a hundred, I never know, because you could find your hiding place at about 20. But anyway, you count it to a hundred. And, and, and then, and then <clears throat> when you're done counting, you'd always have to say, remember this word? You know, ready or not? What? Here I come. Ready or not? Here I come. Of course, you'll all be ready. You know, you have your place, and, 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 and you're all there um, hiding. And, and, you know, if you were hiding in bushes and they came close by, you just... You, know, you get all, all anxious and nervous, but they, they might, might find you. And then once they, they caught somebody, there was the all-clear signal. Now, ours was weird, and, and people didn't understand. We used to say this, Southern California. What did you guys say up here? It was ollie ollie, what? Ollie ollie oxen free. Ever say that? Yeah. Anyone know what it means? Nah, we don't know what it means. It doesn't matter, but that's what you just call. And you'd all come out, and somebody else is now it, and then you'd go out and hide it again. Well, we played it. We played it as kids. And, and, and we had fun as kids, but sometimes we um, still play that game only as adults, and it's not always so much fun. Sometimes we still hide, only we begin to hide in very different ways. In fact, um, from the people that we should be the most open to, we hide. Sometimes we hide our emotions, our thoughts, you know, our, our feelings, um, Sometimes we hide the very thing that the person that God has placed in our lives needs the most. We hide our, ourselves. Now, now um, in the game Hide and Seek, a good hiding place is safe. But as you grow older, the hiding place is still safe that you go to, but it actually becomes a very safe prison. It locks you up. It keeps you from being everything that God needs you to be in your world and to another person. You may want to share something with your spouse or with somebody else, but you don't because you can't, because you're afraid. Or I may want more close friends, but I sabotage those relationships 
consciously or sometimes subconsciously so I can keep them at a distance because I'm afraid of getting too close. A lot of times, you know, the old classic commitment problem, you know, getting out of the friend zone is because I am afraid of opening my life up too much and therefore it's much safer and much easier for me to hide. And so we hide. We hide from love. I hide thoughts and I hide feelings that, that I really, really have. Um, sometimes we would say, if, if you really knew me, you would not like me. And so I will never let you get to know me. And I don't know how many of you can relate to this right now, but for many, many people I've talked to, feelings of that, thoughts of that have passed through their mind before. Now, a couple of principles we want to we we'll talk about um, this morning, and I want to f- focus um, what the Bible says really about why we hide, the reasons why we hide. But I want to start with first the principle of, of all of us, you and me, we were designed to be loved. Okay, understand that. We were designed to be deeply loved. I was, you were. So I, I got this thing called Spotify. Any of you heard of Spotify? Any of you? You have? I thought it was new. Um, anyway, so that tells you where I've been with all this kind of stuff. Anyway, my kids bug me and bug me and bug me. It's like, Dad, this is crazy. You know, you can get Spotify and you can download every song. And so I got Spotify and guess what I can download? Nothing. I don't know how to use it yet, but it's, uh, it goes. It's, uh, no, actually, I can download every song, every song, every song that's ever been written. And, you know, you, you can download. You know, you could you could download songs from Gregorian chants to to the to the worship songs that we do here. I mean, you can actually hear the songs that we do, and if you write them down, you can actually go back and you can Spotify and you can get actually those those songs. So you can listen to those songs that, that we do here all the time. And so they're really, 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 really cool. Um, you can do worship stuff. Stuff. You can do Freebird long version. Oh, it's awesome, awesome. It's incredible. Great guitar. Oh, and, and, and so I fill up my, my phone with this stuff, and I had to because I was going on a long road trip. I was going to be driving to the central Idaho by myself, and I needed something to keep me company. In the middle of between Reno and Boise, there is what? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I needed something to occupy my brain. And so I, I downloaded all these, these kinds of songs. And as I'm listening to these songs, obviously a common theme began to happen. That all these songs have, every single song has in common. And the, the theme is what? Love. It's love. Do you know that pretty much 90%, 95% of all the songs are about love? Our worship songs are about either our love to God or, or what? God's love to us coming back down to us. And, 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 you know, you, you listen to other stuff, you know, Love Gone Right and how wonderful it is. And if it's a Taylor Swift song, it's Love Gone What? Wrong. It's Love Gone Wrong because that's all she sings about is her relationships that have gone <coughs> wrong. And you just think love is a big deal. I mean, love is this really, really, really big, big, big deal. In fact, um, um, God would say, Genesis 2, it's not good for what? Man to be alone. It's just not, it's not, it's not good. God would let us know that. In fact, it's really amazing to me that God would make that statement because God, who's perfectly perfect in in his wisdom, he knew that from the get-go. And yet he created man alone in the garden and brought all the animals before him and still a, a, a helper was not found that was suitable for him. Why? I think it's just so that God could make that statement. 
It's not good for you to be alone. And he's trying to say, look, get it. Get it in your head. It's not good to be alone. You were created for connection. I was designed to be loved by other people. And while that sounds, you know, all, all smarmy and Valentine's Day, you know, I'm supposed to be loved and all that kind of stuff. We were also designed to be loved by God. Okay? You were designed to be loved by God. A great verse. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And before the crash of the world, God said, I'm making you so I can love you. I'm making you so that I can love you. That's so cool. You were, you were made to be loved. Now, the, se- the second thing I want to share is all of us are pretty messed up. Okay, we're all pretty messed up. Um, Genesis reveals not only are we alone, but he also reveals, it also reveals so much about me and about my life. And the reason I have the issues that I have in my life and the reason you have the issues in your life. Genesis talks all about hiding. Hiding. And the origin of my problem of hiding. It starts out with God creating. You know, God created. It says God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. It had to be because God, God made it. And so um, God saw the man was alone, so he brought woman in. And so woman and man were in the garden, and it was really, really good. They were good together. Perfect conditions. The horses were nice. You know, the cows were nice. The dogs were nice. And even the cats were nice, okay? Even the, even the kitty cats were, were nice. And, and then this statement that always you know, made us laugh as kids, you know, in Sunday school, we smirked. You know, the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. They were naked, but they, they did not feel shame. And the nakedness not only reveals to no clothes, but it also symbolic of the openness and the transparencies that they would have. We would use that term intimacy, you know, complete openness to one another. Every thought, every feeling, everything went over that. They could, shift, they could share. They could be completely open. There was no hiding, no embarrassment of anything in their, in their lives. And then God would say, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And you see the unity that's there, the openness, the transparency, the unity. We were designed for this. This is what we were created to be. You know, God said from the get-go, and, and, and I have trouble really expressing the depth of what this means, but God said, it is what? It's good. This is good. This is what I want. This is good. Well, theology calls it the fall, um, or the fall of humanity, and it means that we were up here in, in holiness and goodness, and we collapsed and fell and went, you know, splat down. Freedom of choice was given to us, and we said to God, hey, God, thanks for the world. I can take it from here. You know, thank you for everything that you've made. I'll take it from here now, you know, because I think I could handle this. God said, don't eat. Um, They thought, well, heck, if I eat, I can be in charge, and sin happened. They thought they could handle this universe, and... um, what happened is sin went viral through all of us. Every single part of us became tainted with sin. And it went internal and through us. And I just think, man, it's hard enough to live in this world without sin. You know? It's hard enough to live in this world without sin. And all of a sudden now you have sin and the complexity of sin that happens in our lives. And now we got sin in it. We got problems. We got we got people and we got people with problems. 
And it says this, And the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together, and they made coverings for themselves. What they had to do is they had to make clothes for themselves. What did they choose? Fig leaves. You know, really? Fig leaves? All you could find were fig leaves. Can you imagine trying to keep those on? You know, trying to keep a fig leaf on? Can you imagine getting a fig leaf wedgie? You know, it just makes me uncomfortable right, right now. What they had is a flimsy solution to a major problem. And, and, I, and I find that that is true way, all the way down the line. I create real flimsy solutions to pretty major problems. In fact, the story of humanity is trying to create flimsy fig leaf solutions to pretty massive problems in our lives. Um, we create our own solutions to our own problems. Why do they do that? So they can cover from each other. It's their feeble attempt. But not just the physical covering. There's an emotional covering. Can you imagine? Can you just simply imagine what Eve felt, the woman felt, when God comes in and said, um, how did all this happen? And all her life, all her existence, she had felt nothing but love and support and assurance and building from this person in her life. That's all she felt, nothing but the deepest form of love. And all of a sudden, God says, what happened? And you know what his words were? It was her fault. Her fault. Can you imagine what she felt? The brokenness in her heart. This is a crushing sense of, a, of abandonment. It's not just a Sunday school story. It's a real story, and it's a real story that you may have felt as well, that sense of abandonment or being left alone or being betrayed or being blamed so that they could go free. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Again, we have flimsy attempts to solve big problems. They're trying to hide from God. Okay. The Lord... God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I what? So I, see, see, hide. We begin to hide. We hide and we cover. We hide and we cover. We hide, we cover, hide and cover. We hide from others, we try and cover from others. We hide from God, we cover from others. We became really good at hiding. We became great at pretend. So, so um, I downloaded um, my high school heartthrob was Linda Ronstadt. That dates me, by the way, honestly. I loved Linda Ronstadt. No, I loved Linda Ronstadt. Okay, anyway. She sang song. Actually, she covered the song, Tracks of My Tears. Remember the song, Tracks of My Tears? You remember that? You're old. Yeah, very good. <laughs> She sings, take a good look at my face. You know, my smile, what, looks out of place. If you look close, it's easy to trace the what? Tracks my tears. You just think, oh, man, oh, man. Jeremiah, uh, God says this through him. He says this, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And in the... Hebrew words, deceitful, the word means crooked with an evil nature. And it means I have this crooked 
bad nature in me. I will, I will blame. I will try and hide from you. I will deceive. Um, I will have sin that will put you off. The heart is deceitful. And then when it uses the term desperately sick, those are injuries that others have done to us and have scarred us. You understand? The heart's bad on its own, but the heart is also scarred. Both ends. Just bad. The bullying, the abandonment. It's desperately sick, meaning it's been wounded. It's been hurt. So what do we do? Well, I'm going to develop now mechanisms to try and protect myself. I'm going to start developing ways that I can, I can now shield myself, buffer myself from that, from your hurts. So we do all kinds of methodologies. We, we hide. We hide from what? From love. We hide from love. And so let's get that, that down to, to, to you and me. What are your techniques for hiding? Because you got them. We all do. We all developed them. Um, how do you keep your distance? I clearly, clearly, clearly remember this um, um, in high school. Now, I was, I was the quiet, shy kid, real short, real small, real scrawny, who was very awkward, socially backward, and not cool. Okay, I mean, that was, I was that kid. That, that was me. I was, I was that kid. You do not get through middle school like that without some kind of damage done. Okay? You don't. You don't. You know? It's like, how many of you want to go back and relive middle school? Do we have any middle schoolers here? Good luck, kids. You know, <laughs> middle school can be brutal because if there's any little flaw on you, it is pointed out. It is exploited. It will, and if you're a little kid like me, man, it is a tough existence and a tough experience. It just, it just simply is. Now, now, um, I remember in high school, I remember clearly, I still remember the class, I still remember the seat I was in, and I remember saying this to myself. This is what I said to myself, okay, in high school. They can't hurt you if they don't know you. Okay? They can't hurt you if they don't know you. So I will do everything I can now to be anonymous in this school. You know, I'll be everything I can, be anonymous. Because if they don't know you, they can't hurt you. You know, in high school, the yearbooks, they always have, you know, who's who, who's who, you know, who, the who's who. Mine would be titled, if they even knew me, would be who's he, you know, who's he. <laughs> because I just thought, forget it, you know, forget it. I, I can't do this. And so I what? I hid. I, I hid. Now, of course, we hide to protect. It has its advantages. That's why we do it. But do you understand the disadvantages it has? Because then we begin to carry those patterns into life and we begin to think, okay, if that's my, my modus operandi, the way I operate, if you don't know me, you can't hurt me. All of a sudden you want to have a relationship with somebody and you have been able to hide behind that mask of not knowing others and then no one can really get to know you and if they can't know you, they can never what? They can never love you. You, you see that? You see how it all works? Um, do you hear the hiding in all those kinds of things? What I created was a fig leaf solution to a major problem. And that's what we do. Fig leaf solutions to big problems. Or we create false selves. Or we, we become, and again, part of this is the damage done to us by other people. And if you have this experience, you know, your family expected excellence out of you. You got B's. But you came home and they said, you know, with a little bit more effort, I bet you'd get what? A's. And you worked your tail off for B's. 
because normally you're a C student. Or you, you came home and you got a 4.0 and they said, you know, if you really want to get into it at college, you got to bump that up to a 4.2, you know. You know what that begins to do to a kid? You were six and you spilled your milk. Because that's what six-year-olds do. And there was a sense of how could you be so clumsy? Do you understand how easy it is to damage kids and to damage other people? Do you understand it? And that happens a billion times, times a billion times in, in this world. All of a sudden, you've, you've got to do now everything right. Things can mess you up. So many things can. Um, next is we, we fear that which we need most. We fear what we need most. Um, look at this. It says, suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And then Adam would say, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, so I hid. They cover from each other, and they hide from God. Cover from each other, hide from God. And those patterns are repeated man, all the time. I've got to cover from you, and I'm going to hide from God. Cover from you, and I can hide from God. Who do we need most? We need others, and we need specifically God. But yet we're hiding from God and recovering from others. And sin does that. It breaks the connection. John Townsend says this in his book. He said, the isolation of any part of our soul from love will always produce a problem. Did you hear that? The isolation of any part of your soul, any part of your soul, you isolate that from love, it's always going to produce a problem. Always. And so it's like a, the garden you have in your backyard. If all of a sudden you decide, I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to water this little patch right here, but I'm going to water everything else, this will flourish and grow. This will never grow. It can't. And if we have those parts of our lives that are hidden from love, they will never grow and they will never, de- never develop. They just simply can't. And that's why we find so many kid, people that are stuck, you know, in adolescence. You know, they're arrested development. Why? It's because something happened when they were 14 years old in which they were never loved correctly or properly, and they got stuck because they're still waiting as a 14-year-old to be what? To be loved at that age. But they never were. They were forced to grow up and to be older than they, quote, were. And all of a sudden now they've got all these kinds of issues, and they just simply can't get through it because they've never lived through that experience. Love was withheld from them. And so we cover, we hide, we cover, and we hide. Oh, man. You see, see that? And you see, you know, you, you've you seen those commercials, or maybe you've even done it before. You see a stray dog, you know, and, and you know, man, this dog needs human touch and love. You see those commercials on it, you know, and, and they reach out to the dog that's astray or been abused. And the dog, because all its life has been hurt and abused by humans, the dog, what, backs away. It backs away and, and comes down and just puts its head down. And you just kind of want to say to the TV, just, just go to that hand that's reaching out to you. But it's afraid. And that's what we become. We know that that which is our salvation is there, but we've been hurt so many times. We back away. And we're afraid. And the rest of of. The Bible, you know, beginning in Genesis 3, is God saying, okay, you're covering and you're hiding. The rest of the Bible is all about us unhiding from God and us uncovering from each other. 
The whole Bible rolls itself out. That's how it works itself out. We have broken this relationship with God, so we don't think he loves us anymore. We've, we've hidden from him, and we hide from each other. And so God says, okay, here it goes. We're going to start this thing out, and it's going to be a long process because this is a big thing. I'm not going to give you a fig leaf solution because fig leaves don't work, and they fall off pretty easily. So we're not going to give you fig leaf solutions. I'm going to give you something a lot deeper, more precious. I'm going to give you my son. And he's going to come, and that's where the Bible works itself out. But the Bible is a story of God now searching for us because we're hiding, and God's saying, where are you? I'm here, and I'm going to reach out to you. Jesus, Jesus comes and says this prayer to us, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. So we're able to to say, and as God made it, look, I'm a child of God now. He loves me. God loves me. And there's no need to hide from God. There's no need to hide from God. And then in the New Testament, God creates this thing called the church. And I'm not talking about buildings and structure and new way projects and all that. He's calling about brothers and sisters who we are now related to because of our relationship with God that can actually love us, faults and all, because we love them, faults and all, because God loves me. What? Faults and all. And so there's no shame now. So that's why the Apostle Paul could say, I was a blasphemer, I was a murderer, I did every kind of cruddy thing you could ever imagine. He has no shame in sharing that. Why? Because he understands the love of God that loves him, faults and all. Takes off the mask, realizes that other people can love him as well. Um, I, just, I just think there's always hope for us in, in hiding. Always hope, always hope. For those of us in hiding, it's just, it's just there. The feelings, they never felt those feelings before, Adam and Eve. Fear and shame, fear and shame, blame. Um, there's always hope. Jesus' statement was, the Son of Man, listen to this as far as hide and seek goes. The Son of Man has come to, you know the phrase? Seek and save the lost. Who's doing the looking? God who does that. The parable of the lost son. The father is looking for the son. And then the Bible would say this. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. And you can only get that. You can only really get that from God. And the rest of the Bible is how God brings that about. Good hiding place is safe. Remember that? Remember when you found one in your neighborhood? Good hiding place is safe. People can't find you there. It's also prison. It's also prison. And I don't want you to feel imprisoned by that. And God doesn't either. And so Jesus makes this great statement. He says this, Come to me. You come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. That's not a fig leaf solution. That's the Son of God speaking to you. And we always have a choice on where we want to go. And in a second, we're going to go to prayer, and you're going to be provided choice 
to draw close to God, draw close to others. Um, and yet yeah, scary, but you got God with you for doing it. Would you pray with me, please? Right now, maybe God is speaking to you about um, a relationship that you have you're frightened to open up or maybe it's a relationship you don't have because you felt like you're just secure in your own little world and behind your own little fig leaf and you realize that's just not right and it's a choice of the will of the heart prompted by God moving in you it's knowing that God loves you exactly as you are words, faults, flaws, everything. He loves you just like that because of the love of Jesus for you. That Jesus loved you enough to take the penalty for all the crazy, stupid things you've done. The times you've hurt people, the time you've hidden from them. You fought back when you shouldn't have. He died for that. God punished him so you can be free from that. And God, I hope you accept that. I hope you believe that. God, I pray for the relationships here. We'd be able to come out of hiding. In the next couple of weeks, we'd learn to be the, the people you want us to be, always have wanted us to be. And so help us to grow. Help us to love better. Help us to accept your love more. Thank this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for being part of... Uh, this morning. We're going to continue our series next week as we look at uh, more ways and reasons and why we hide and how we can kind of break out of this whole thing. And so come. Um, if you have friends you want to invite to come come to church, have them come to church, okay? It would be a great thing to have them do. Um, we're going to be passing the offering bucket in just a second, as Judy mentioned. It really is for those that are a regular part of the church. we just love to have everyone drop your communication card in. It goes for good things. And so thank you for the way you invest and all of that. We're going to finish with a final song. Love you guys. God bless you. Let's stand together and finish and uh, enjoy the week.
God bless you guys. Hang out and visit, okay?